Hi, everyone. This is Dr. John Martini, and you're listening to Henley Business Radio. Welcome to Henley Business Radio. My name is Gareth Armstrong. It's a pleasure to be with you. And what are we going to be doing during this half-hour conversation? Well, this is an Ask an Expert feature. So we're going to be turning to John Foster Pedley, who's the Dean of Henley Business School in Africa. And he is our expert in studio. And I want to challenge him a little bit. I want to understand the relevance of a business school in this new age that we're in, a Google age, the gig economy age. John, what are you thinking as I say what I'm saying? I'm thinking you asked me to commit Harry Curie here <laughs> and destroy my career by undermining business schools. But you know what? I'm really happy to do it. I'm glad, I think I'm glad it's about that. time that we, we challenge the business school model. I really do. Exactly. And let's be very clear. This is not a promotional exercise mm. from Henley's side. This not was me all. suggesting it. Mm. I wanted to do this. And you were quite open to the idea sure. because – and this is going to sound promotional, but it isn't. But Henley is, uh, you are challenging things. You, you do see yourself a little bit differently. I understand one of the bylines is that you see yourself as an education design agency. or an Design ag agency for learning. Okay, and you learning. can't be a design agency if you're not willing to attack the very fundamental precepts and assumptions on which you're working because you're trying to create something. You're trying to create. And you can't forecast what is created. You can't say, I'm going to create this thing. And it's exactly going to be like that. You're on a journey and it might end up somewhere else because it's a journey of discovery, trying to find out what people do. And I think that defines a little bit the business school model because it's become, in many respects, a machine, a staid, conventional thing. Mm. Once you say, well, I'm going to a business school, I think the image that's conjured up in people's minds are of these Grecian pillars yeah. and these lovely kind of roofs and these professors walking around being deadly serious and terribly superior. And it's scared to ask questions you know, because they hold so much knowledge and insight into the world of X, Y, and Z. But if that world starts evaporating and disappearing around you, then the knowledge becomes irrelevant. And then what you see is business schools scrabbling to hold on to irrelevance. Exactly. And not only is that unuseful, it's slightly embarrassing. Uh, and uh, there's such a fascinating thing happening all over the world now with digital education taking mm. root and a certain Google culture that is taking over where mm. if people want to know something, they can go to the, the absolute best mind in business on the, that particular theme or topic and get information directly from the source as a result of, of the internet. Let me just quickly quote what the Financial Times is talking about or saying just as a headline over in the States that U.S. business schools hit by weaker demand for two-year MBA. So we have that. We have a Google culture that's taking place. Do you think that that's what it is that's impacting the MBA or a business school environment? The MBA is fundamentally an experience you go through at some cost. And that experience had better be useful to you. And it's not about slapping three letters after your name and a badge on your chest saying, out of my way, I'm an MBA. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do an MBA, any good MBA school, and I would hope we'll be included among those, will be really scrutinizing what creating value means for people. You're not trying to manipulate people into a process of saying, this is going to help your career. You're going to feel important. And you're going to get promotion into a corner office because you have an MBA. That's not very intelligent, and it certainly isn't going to solve problems. So why I'm on your side about challenging business schools is that unless you challenge business schools, you're not going to get fresh thinking, and you're not going to get creative destruction. In Schumpeter's model of economics, yeah. you're trying to destroy institutions to create better ones, mm -hmm. 
And as life has moved on, so must we destroy the parts of business schools that are unuseful to us and create things that really work for us. So let's challenge the business school model and see if we can create something from these three letters, which we should run a competition on, actually. What, what would be a, a good meaning for MBA in a future world? You know? mm, mm. And see if we can create something that's worthwhile. I am fascinated by this prevailing need and desire in the market to have an MBA, to have these three letters behind the name. Mm. What do you say to people who are listening right now and thinking that an MBA, just the letters, are worth the sometimes exorbitant amount of money that are so is sometimes asked to do an MBA that isn't worth actually the time that, that it takes to do it? Well, it better be worth it. So it certainly is exorbitant if it doesn't create value. But a good MBA should create multiples of value beyond whatever it costs to do it. And, and I have to say that South African MBAs, including ours, have been assessed as the best value MBAs in the world. Mm. When you look at stuff in the States or Hong Kong, where I was recently, and you're looking at things that are $100,000 for an MBA, you're into a different place. Why do people do an MBA? A lot of it's about a yearning for progression, status, and recognition and significance. And a sense that with this, I will be able to establish my career. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as doing an MBA actually provides you things that are useful to the career. So, so what is useful in an MBA? Useful. Then? Increasing the capacity of your mind and of your capabilities to produce objects and businesses of value that serve society. That's useful. Producing organizations that use money better and build better roads and produce better health care. You know, producing leaders who are less corrupt. Creating people who can think multinationally and try and create good governance across nations and get leverage across continents to produce things that are cheaper and more valuable for us and that enhance our lives. What is not valuable is promoting consumerism, materialism for the sake of it mm. and having people waste their money and chase false gods. So a good business school starts to provoke people to think better, to challenge assumptions. A good education should be somewhat painful. And I don't mean in the boot camp method where people have to have massive amounts of work and suffer that way. It should be sure. painful in a different way. It should make you feel uncomfortable about how you think and what you believe. If you're a middle-class Englishman like me, it should put you right in front of people in India or in Palestine or in South Africa. It should have you understand what's going on in China and, and in Russia. It should make you think about that and make you feel uncomfortable about the framework of thinking that you've inherited from your upbringing, which is by definition never going to be, unless you're extremely lucky, capable of dealing with a complex global world. And it should push you beyond your comfort levels to start understanding and taking on new things. So you can eventually put those into practice. I think the most important question that we should be asking together here today is would you come and study at your own business school? And part of, part of what I'm really asking is about your leadership and what you are doing here to make Henley a place that people are able to gain those skills that you're referring to as you were speaking. Well, I, I most certainly would come and study at my own business school. And I'd probably do something in coaching for myself because we have a very good coaching program. That sounds commercial, but it's not supposed to be. Sure. So a lot of our research, if you like, is introspective. 
we've been in education for a long time. And we probably know a few things about what good education is and feels like. Mm. And I'll come back to a point about Google and knowledge in a minute because that's interesting. So we try and design education that we think will grow people. In fact, to the extent that a third of our staff are on our own programs at the moment. Mm. And we encourage them to do that. And we have a sort of mandate. If you don't give us tough feedback, you can't stay on the program. Mm. So we get them to sample and understand. What we're finding is that really good education starts to teach people to stretch beyond what they can do and push the level of their thinking, level of their creativity, level of their analysis to, to points where they're not used to doing. And in that, their minds wake up. And to some degree, their lives wake up because we believe in experiential learning. It means you've got to try things out immediately. Mm. So we push people beyond the boundaries of academic knowledge and knowledge knowledge, if you like, into stuff that is much more about trying things out. So learn a model, now try it out, and in trying it out, fail. Please fail, mm. but catch the failures early and be very, very observant and quick about catching what's going on. We teach people to do that. Then reflect on a model and reflect on what you did. I appreciate Creating I'm, I'm, that cycle, you've got some learning going on. It allows people to improve in real time. I appreciate the fact that you would describe the learning process as please fail because that is such an important part of any learning process. This is not about standing up in front of, as we were talking earlier, it's not a state environment. It's a, it should be a very dynamic, must be a dynamic uh, environment. back and forth yeah. on an ongoing basis. John, thank you. You've answered my question, I think. Here's my next question. It's associated with the first. Is Right now, as you sit here, as a dean of a business school, why wouldn't you go? I've been on business school programs or run by business school organizations that I would never recommend. There are many programs done by very good business schools and perhaps even by us that's, that haven't always worked. I wouldn't go to a business school if I wasn't ready to begin with. I wouldn't go to a business school if I wanted status and that's all I want to do. If I wanted an easy ride to a qualification. Mm. I wouldn't go if I felt driven and compelled to do it by external forces rather than internal forces. I wouldn't go to a business school that's conventional and arrogant. I, I had many interviews in my life, and I remember being interviewed by different universities. I went to one, and it was a really interesting experience. I met engaging people. Mm. They were listening. They were challenging me. It was a conversation of equality, but, but interesting with a sort of wry sense of humor behind it. And I said, these are interesting, good people to work with. I resonate with These are people I'd like to be around. Two days later, I went to an interview with another university and sat in front of a panel of classic old school academics okay. who were peering down their nose and saying, well, John, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? And, and it felt patronizing. It felt boring it felt like there's no way i want to work here mm. and 20 minutes into the interview i said well i've got another offer and politely declined and, and left the interview okay wow and it's that sense of who do you resonate with you don't have to get an mba to be successful in business in fact recent research about ceos has shown that of a population some nine percent have gone to good business schools or good universities some 9% have no qualifications whatsoever, and many of those have gone to very average places. So you don't have to get a, an MBA or a master's to do well in business. Mm. But if you go to a good school that's provoking you and has got your interests at heart, and I guess that's tough love, really, mm. then you will grow for life, and you will go to new places, and it's a great experience. I went, I was very lucky. I went to a very good MBA school. 
purely by fluke. Mm. And I was extremely privileged to be sponsored through it as well by the company I was working for. I felt like I was coming home. I was coming back to not just learning knowledge, but addressing it. My mind felt like it was lighting up again. I discovered research and I discovered depth and challenge and controversy of it to an extent that really enriched my life. So mm. from there, I changed my career and became an organizational development consultant for a while, working in sort of with a bunch of psychologists. And within two years, I tripled my salary. Mm. So I carried on doing that for a little while. And then because it was such a good influence, I went into business school work. And mm. within another two years, my salary had gone back to where it was originally. <laughs> <laughs> Well. Luckily, I'm doing, sort of <laughs> muddling along there somehow at the moment. You know. But why, why would somebody do that? And the reason is because what happened in a business school was of greater value than just having a career. Mm. It was of human value. It allowed me to think differently, to address different topics, to think of bigger and larger scope problems, and to feel that I was engaging with issues of great complexity in the world, or greater complexity than I was used to. And it was a great sense of learning and growing. So I wouldn't go to a business school that was exam-driven. I wouldn't go to one that was just doing a course that was not something I would feel great about. But I would go to one that I felt was, was embedded in an ethos of learning. Because if you're a real true educator, you're learning faster than your students. You're not passing down stuff to them. I wouldn't go to a business school because simply because I want an MBA either, because mm. that probably means we haven't scrutinized what an MBA is, because out there are multiple different forms of MBAs. Mm. So you need to do your research. You've highlighted the, the next question and in part answered it as well. How do you do that? How do you know what you're getting into? How do you get behind the brand? How do you get behind the marketing? How do you get behind the bias that may be there when the, the person you're contacting, they say, well, contact one of our alumni who must be biased because he has a or she has an education from that institution. Yeah, you probably imagine there's a bunch of here's 10 alumni to steer the potential students towards because they're going to speak nicely about you. Exactly. How um, do you get behind all of that? Harvard was a very interesting institution when it was set up. And it was set up by some pretty ethical people after the Second World War. Clayton Christensen, who's a professor at Harvard now, yep. well known for his stuff on disruptive innovation. I believe his father was one of those people who set it up, and he was a founder of the case study method. When you talk to people like that, you're, you're coming across people of substance, not trivial academics. And excuse me, I, I love academics, but there are trivial everyone mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. And great academics are, are literally that great. Mm. But not people who are obsessed with the business of producing research for research sake or producing a business, but they are educators. And educators have a, a way about them that is based in other people's learning, not their own learning. Mm -hmm. Sure, some of them can be very quirky, arrogant, unusual, but there's something about them, which is they love the learning and love the knowledge. So you need to go to a place that you get that sense from, and if you can't find that sense from any place you're going to, then don't go there, literally, but, uh, but, whatever the marketing says. You know? But how do you do that, though? How do you get a sense of it? Mm. So, I mean, I, I hear the answer, but how mm. do you do it? I mean, how do I walk into the, the Henley offices and get a sense of the faculty or get a sense of the dean? What do we do? How well, we, most of us have pretty good BS detectors built into ourselves. So, you sure. know, first sensitize those things and let them work to you full time. Mm. 
a good business school, and I say this to people when we, we're pitching them on our information sessions, you can ask any questions. If you're not asking difficult questions, you're probably not the sort of student who should be doing this sort of program. Mm -hmm. Because does the school get defensive when you provoke them? Mm. Will they take the tough arguments? Look, if you're being obnoxious, you know, then also you should get some direct feedback. So does it feel like an authentic conversation? Sure. Is the marketing talking about some ideal dream or does it seem to reflect the reality of what's in there? If you want to find an alumnus of Henley, it's pretty easy to find an alumnus or alumna of Henley. Mm. So do a bit of research, find some people and ask them. You'll probably get a mixed reception, you know. I hope that most people who come to us will say good things about us, and, and that's my experience. And mm. certainly, if they haven't, we'd like to know about it. Do your own research from Ferris around. Um, look at, go to multiple business schools. Don't, don't rush them. You know, be a mystery caller. Phone up. Mm. Um, go to a couple of information sessions. Ask to sit into a lecture. Ask to meet people. Good education people understand what you're doing. They might not always have the time to do it, to let you sit in all the things, and it might not, not always be possible to do that, but they'll know why you're doing it. So don't get too hung up on rankings, is my advice, because rankings are things that are, certainly in South Africa, you haven't got a good ranking system. There are no real business school rankings. There's, mm. there's differential summaries of them, often quite historic from people who've been in the schools 10, 20 years ago, mm. and they don't reflect the current realities. But do look at accreditation, because accreditation is the way that business schools are assessed by rather difficult bodies of peers and competitors and retired old academics and people who are really obsessed with making sure that not only the front office, but the back office works. Mm. They will accredit a business school and run it through a quality assurance process that is pretty robust and fairly authentic too, I would say. And they will make the business schools repeat that. And you can get accreditation from the American, from the, the UK, and from the European Union bodies. That's the AACSB, AMBA, and Equus. And if you can get accredited as a business school, that means you're being audited by fairly neutral and not always not hostile, but they're certainly not on your side if you haven't got the quality. They, mm -hmm. they force you to expose what's good and bad about you. If you can get to a school that's triple accredited, for example, you've probably made a good choice because that school has had so many clever people who are independent assessing whether that school has substance on, on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. So that's a very good way of doing it. Don't get lured in by cheap offers. Don't just go for convenience. While it's difficult to get the money for an MBA for somebody, it's, it's, I believe it's a pretty good investment. Mm. But also be intelligent. Look for the other things you want to do. You, you don't need qualifications to be successful in business, but you do need a good learning environment to provoke your mind. What you can find outside business schools now are things like Coursera, Udemy, yep. uh, Stanford, MIT, all have great online courses. Do, do one of them. Business schools are not, I'm, we're not frantic for business. It's, it's, that's not, not that we're being arrogant about it. It's not that at all. We, mm. we want to have, we want to do a job well with good students and we want to have people who are engaged. And we also want to be provoked to change as well. Mm. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Maybe in winding down the conversation, I, I can just ask, what is the future of postgraduate education or of business education? Well, what does it look like in five years? What does it look like in 10 years? Can we even predict it? Uh, well, that's the whole point, isn't it? So the future of business education is about the future of business. I believe great business schools should be producing progress in business, not following it. So that's quite a tall order. Firstly, you've got to anticipate what changes are needed in business. 
And for that, you've got to stay alert to technological changes, but particularly you've got to understand humanity because business is, is not some sterile separation from life. It's everything we do is a form of exchange, and every form of exchange you can call some form of business, if mm. you like. So where's that going in our future? If we start to imagine what business is evolving into, transnational, multinational business, technological changes into the things we deliver through the mechanism called business, then the mechanism called a business school needs to move with it too. Mm. So if you've invested in great fixed assets of buildings and faculty and their old school faculty that are not being able to produce research that is more useful than getting published but actually makes social change, mm. uh, then you're not going to be a great business school. So I was talking about this today, actually, and I was really thinking about the people we need to attract. And I'd like to attract more of the people who live in the world of creative agencies and ad agencies and NGOs and entrepreneurs and um, interesting evolving businesses, much less the big bricks and mortar kind of institutions. They will have an influence in the future, but the great businesses are moving fast to create value for people in society through creating something called a business, which is a mechanism to create that value. And so we have to be plugged in with that. So the good business schools changing the way they work. There must be a huge amount of blended learning, a lot of online content, because content, as you said at the very beginning, is is pervasive. It's easy to find content. You know, we used to go to a lawyer because the lawyer knew case books and precedents. Now mm -hmm. you can just read that. So what does a lawyer do now? Well, it interprets and adds value and gives service and gives advice and helps stretch the boundaries and of what law offers offers people. So a business school will do that. It'll also produce thoughts and innovations and possibilities for people. The greatest thing a business school can do is, is not produce a thing, but produce an ability in people to understand high degrees of complexity, mm. to, to look at the world around them and understand the emerging challenges that have to be solved, but also be inspired and interested and curious and smart enough to put together experimental solutions to the world. The old business school model was about getting things right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be safe in my career. You've got no safety in a career that's safe anymore. I agree. That's, that's the paradox. You've only got safety in movement and invention and progression. And, so the yeah. business schools must reflect that. And it must attract people. You would be fantastic to run a business school, Gareth. Look oh, at you. thank you. You would. So I hope you do one day. But that's exactly the sort of talent you need to go into business schools now because you're trying to create something, not for some antiquated version of what business is, but this dynamic way of being that takes ideas into action and gets them to people and helps improve their lives and gets feedback from people and, and helps create not only answers, but, but new ways of putting things together. Often people can't articulate what they need. That's why traditional market research can be often so backward-looking and unhelpful. So the new researchers are quite often extremely ethnographic and very in tune with what's around them, acute observers, acute empaths as well. Mm. So they, they've got a, a rich sense of what's going around and going on with them. They're finding ways to produce value. And technology is also extremely complex. How you make that and commercialize that and bring it out into use in the world is something that great business school graduates ought to be able to do because they should be creators and inventors, not just machines that produce mm. stuff off a production mm. line. Well, John, thank you so very much. 
You have answered my questions and more this evening. And I, the one point I want to highlight at the conclusion of this conversation is what you've said, which is we need to be able to articulate what our needs are on both sides of the coin. We need to understand who we are, what we need, what the future of our work needs. And then we need to f reach out to a business school that understands uh, and is able to articulate what they in turn understand that the market needs. And so thank you very much for a really valuable, rich conversation. Maybe I can make a final statement too. And uh, that's more to reflect on something that I think is quite important. Doing an MBA for me was transformational in my life many years ago, and I totally valued it. So education worked for me, I'm sure. But how do we create education that's valuable to people for its own sake, not just for qualifications? How do we get to people and explain to people what sort of education is useful so that they engage with it? I mean, mostly we equate education with qualifications, but it's not that. The qualifications are just the gift you get at the end mm. of something that represents quality learning that should help you do better in your life. Here in South Africa, we've got people who had underprivileged education, who struggled with education, and still we've got the school system that's very poor. The best we can do for people is encourage them into education, give them education that is engaging, that works for them, is motivational, and wants them well, to that take more reason, education. Well, that has a reason behind it. has a reason that, that allows you to think that this isn't about some qualification, but I'm going to live my life with this and do better things with it. Mm. And, and produce a better society with people. And that'll lift all of us. And I think, for me, that's the overriding concern, certainly for most of the people I know in this business school and many others, is how do we create education that would help build a better South Africa? Well, John, thank you for that. And uh, it, it fills me with a great deal of confidence to know that that is one of the questions that you are mm. attempting to answer as you lead Henley Business School, as you continue to influence your peers, who are also leading business schools and other educational institutions around the country and around the world. Thank you. And you've left me with more questions and answers myself, and that's a gift, so thank you. That's the voice of John Foster Pedley, the Dean of Henley Business School. Uh, what a wonderful conversation. Make sure to ask your questions to us using the hashtag AskAnExpert on your favorite social media. We look forward to hearing from you. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Follow, comment and message Henley Business School and Henley Business Radio on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn.